Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you, Father, for your blessing and your love, Lord. How deep you penetrate from the top of our heads to the tips of our toes, Father. I love that word, that line that says, and you make darkness tremble. Just the name of Jesus. We thank you that we are privileged to be called not only your children, not only kings and royal priesthoods, but we're your bride. And Father, we want to be prepared to be the most beautiful bride for you. Thank you. Well, good morning, everyone. Wow, is God good? Yeah. I've had a couple of neat prophetic things this week, and I'm sure that there are others of you who have. If you have a word that you'd like to share corporately, would you just come up now and just kind of queue up so we kind of have a, a look-see? The other morning, I, I woke up, and you know how you know it's a godly wake-up? Because he just, bam, wakes you up from a deep, deep sleep. And I'm one of those, you can party around me, and I don't care, because when my head hits the pillow, I'm gone. I woke up and I knew immediately this was, a, this was a moment with him. And I rolled over and I looked at my clock and it said 7.08. I got so excited because he's been saying, it's coming, it's coming. But you know, he knows I'd love to just, what's coming? Wait and see, Marilyn, wait and see. And so seven numerically means the season is over. That's an ending. And eight is new beginnings. So I'm like, okay, what part of all this junk in my life is ending? And what's the new stuff coming up? And gracious Papa says, oh, wait and see. <laughs> wait and see. But I know it's a new season, and it is so, so cool. I, I have a prophetic word for you, though, that the Lord, yeah, I, who knew, who guessed? Um, as I was back there, well, this morning I, I was just kind of running late. I was having so much fun laughing and giggling with my husband over breakfast. And all of a sudden I, I just grabbed a bunch of stuff and threw them in my bag and thought, Lord, only you can pull this off and make it look cute. You know what I'm saying? Because it's for his glory. So he kind of wanted it to look cute. So I ended up putting this kind of a burgundy piece over here on top of a black covering with a bunch of jewels. And I looked and went, you have on burgundy and you have on black. And the jewels, I ended up putting jewels on the table, not material. And he says he wants you to know you are a jewel beyond value, that he so honors you and loves you. And, and when you feel that flesh pushback that says, yeah, but he's going, no, I love you more. I love you more than you will ever possibly know. So let that just go deep. Yeah, just receive that. That was just so cool. And then, you know, I'm an inclusive person, and all of a sudden I looked around and I went, well, first off, <clears throat> and I'm a seer, he says, no, I already told the enemy to exit. He's not allowed in here. He's gone, gone. Green light means go. Get out in my name, he said. Then I looked down and he said, oh, my beloved, I've given you wings to fly. Now some of us are sparrows and some of us are hummingbirds and some of us are molting and some of us are eagles and you know, we're all in our stages. However, it doesn't mean we don't fly. 
we fly. And then I looked over here and I went, oh, he wants us all to know that we make his heart happy. We make his heart happy. Now, a couple weeks ago, we did a whole thing about the puzzle pieces. Remember that? And I thought, well, isn't it interesting that this is all, this heart is done with nails. That's what he did for us, was nailed to a cross. And yet the cross is not flat. Do you see the intricacy of that? That's you, that's me. We were the tangled mess that he turned into beauty. He turned it into beauty. And then on the back there's a hanger which says, it stays here. We stay with him. And I said, well, Lord, I don't have anything pink to put it on. And he said, oh, he said, just remind them that I'm the alpha and I'm the omega and purple rocks for royal priesthood. That's us as well. So then I interrupted the intercessory prayer this morning. <laughs> so sweet, our pastor. He says, oh, I thought it was just an angel rushing by me. And I said, I, I love that, of course. <laughs> you know. And so he just had this shimmery, shimmery material which says, this is how we look to the world that's so dark and, and oppressed. We just shimmer in a way that just makes them look at us and you know, it's a sign that makes the unsaved wonder. And that's what we look like. And then, again, he's reminding us, we're all different shades and part of his rainbow, but the bottom line is the beginning and the ending is love. And we are pearls of great wealth to him. Great, great wealth. And then the jewels all around, pastor said, we need to pray sometime to have the real jewels come after I told them I got them at Walmart, so it didn't matter, you know, they're just pretties and pretties. So for all of you who are kind of wondering, you know, when that awkwardness comes, new season. So say goodbye to the old and thank him for everything you learned. And sometimes we have to learn it through the hard knocks. The however is take into the new season that which he wants you to take. And what he doesn't want you to take, leave it behind. It's like driving a car. If you're always looking out the rearview mirror, you're toast. Because you should be driving looking straight ahead at what's coming at you. Amen. Thank you, Marilyn. So um, I've just been with the Lord recently, just really uh, raising a real heart of, of prayer in me, um, more so than he has in the past. And I just want to encourage you to pray because just like the song says, at that single breath, we are changed. He wants that in every circumstance. We can pray to him for everything, go to him for everything, and expect the suddenlies, expect the unexpected. So when you, you, you're thinking about your prayer being answered, don't think about it relying on your own understanding, but just look for those ways that the Lord can come in in new and fresh ways, ways that we don't even expect. And, and the things that he brings along the way. So I just want to encourage you to prayer. I woke up this morning, and um, I usually go in the bathroom uh, tub to put my dog's water dish in there. So I was all ready for church, and I went to turn on the faucet, and the shower head was on. So it hit me square right here, soaked the front of me, my hair, I was about 15 minutes away from leaving the house, and I thought, oh, really? <laughs> and so I said, 
okay. I just started praying in tongues. I said, Lord, you can bend the time to get me there. I'm not going to let this keep me down. So I just blew dry my hair and put it up in a clip, and I was ready to go. But my point is, is that no matter what's happening to you, you can get beyond it. You can overcome. And that's a little example. But I came with joy in my heart and great expectation. And we have a group um, that's been praying. We text one another. And um, we've been reminding each other to pray in the spirit. And we have seen tremendous results, tremendous breakthrough. Uh, Marissa, if I can mention your dog. She's a dog, Lazarus. And among, uh, throughout the nation, a dog who's had this type of gastroenteritis. So what happens is most, most dogs die. It's been touch and go for him a long time, but we were praying in the spirit for this dog, and the Lord preserved his life. He's been back to the vet on several times, and we've, we were praying for um, a young lady, who uh, a very young girl who had a brain tumor. When they were operating on her, she had a brain bleed, and they had to close her up and not get all of the tumor, and we just put it on, the, on our prayer texting group, and um, she was unconscious and she came to and she recovered. They took her back in to remove the rest of the tumor. She had a stroke. And again, we were just praying for the Lord to preserve her life. There's been financial breakthrough. There's been doors that have been closed that the Lord has opened another door. So I just encourage you to really just pray. Just give everything to him. Prayer works. He wants to hear from us. He wants to answer. I'm the practical one uh, at times. Here, here's the blessing out of all of it. Naira has been willing to, we, we have a, you know, what do you call it, a thread? I don't know, we, it's the tribe. And so we just text like crazy people back and forth and send inspirationals and I try to send out, here's the humor for the day and blah, blah. I mean, you guys have gotten a couple. And, and anyway, she faithfully will send out a text like twice a day saying, pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit, because I, I get going on something else, and I'm like, you know, and then I'm right back in it. And one of the days, everybody was, it was about financial release, because everybody's just strapped right now. And I have to tell you, in my flesh, I went, well, that's not even hardly fun, because I have nobody that's going to leave me any money. They're already dancing on streets of gold. I don't have a second income. I am retired. My husband is receives a disability. Da 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 da, and out of nowhere, <clears throat> I, I well several months back, I borrowed three thousand dollars from a dear dear friend. Money's not an object to her, but that's not the point. I faithfully paid her back a hundred dollars every month with just and sent her a fun card and whatever. Out of nowhere, because of this prayer about finances and the suddenlies and his creativity. She called me and she said, Marilyn, I just got your check in the mail. She said, it's the last one I'm going to cash. She said, I void the rest of your debt. $2,400. I mean, I'm just rejoicing because that's like 240000 to me. You know, I, I was just like, never saw it coming. Didn't even think about it to pray that way. Do you know what I mean? He's just so faithful and I just want to encourage you. And if you are texting with other people, one of you just take that mantle of administration and run with it and, and challenge the people you're with. Pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. Ms. Ronnie. I just wanted to share that as we um, began to worship this morning that 
I saw um, a, a creative painting being done, and um, at first it was, you know, just lines and stuff, but quickly formed into a large gold bowl, and I saw that we were just being filled, you know, with God's presence, and then I realized that God was also collecting our worship, so it was, it was just, it was beautiful. You know, I saw somebody doing um, prophetic painting here. Does anybody paint? Anybody paint prophetically? <gasps> I knew it. We're going to talk, girlfriend. <laughs> My administrative hat just went on. Yeah. Connie. I'm Connie. Nice to see y'all. And I wanted to thank everybody that has been so wonderful and loving and kind. This is just a wonderful home, and we're new here. And you've all been just, just family. So thank you. Um, early this morning, the Lord gave me a word, and it was on joy. And he just downloaded scriptures. And I said, this is really good. Thank you. And then I felt my heart flutter. And it was like okay, Lord, it's for me, <laughs> is it, it's a private word, right? He's like, mm, yeah, I got the flutter. So it was like, okay, it's a corporate word too. I go, okay. So thanks for trusting me, guys. <laughs> um, so the, the scriptures that he gave me are just powerful, and who doesn't need more joy, right? So Psalm 30 says, his favor is for life, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I think we've probably all had to wait for that morning season where it's pretty impossible to have joy when you just lost a loved one or you just, um, you've had a financial constraint or your family's going through something that's really difficult. Um, but there's words that promise this to us. And, and Galatians, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, is sandwiched in between. There's love, and there's joy, and there's peace. And the joy of my salvation is what brings me back to love and brings me back to peace. And I love when Graham Cook calls us warrior sheep. You know, we've got everything that we need, and sometimes we just have to really claim the joy. But Strong's Concordance, the definition of joy is calm delight. And that's a rest word. And for me, I always thought, sorry, Lord, but James, when he said, count it all joy, you know, when you're going through trials and tribulations and decapitations and, I mean, just awful, horrible things. And I'm like, I, I just can't get into that. I'm sorry, Papa, but I just can't. So when I was reading about what joy really means and that's calm delight and it's a rest word, it was like, okay, I can deal with that. So let's move on. Um, he talks about that the joy of the Lord is our strength, and when we're weakest, he's strongest, because I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So that's a, like a lovely little circle where we need the joy of the Lord for our strength, and then we come back to him, because when we're weak, we're strongest. So then he does this complete, lovely circle for us, and I'm grateful. The funny thing about God is he's funny. He talks in Zephaniah about re he rejoices over us with gladness, he, quiet, he quiets us with his love, and he rejoices over us with singing. Now, that's pretty awesome. 
He digs us, and he likes to sing and dance and have a party over us. For me, that's food. One of the people that really has helped me enjoy, because I'm... I haven't been in a season of this, and that hence the download, <laughs> is that Bob Goff is a wonderful writer, and he talks. he's written in one book, and it's called Love Does. And he just makes you laugh. And, and laughter and having people around us, boy, it just feeds and nourishes me. And we can also take the authority over for our life. And he was telling me, you know, Connie, whatever is causing this lack of joy, this, this thing that's coming at you, whether it's your mind and it's your words and the things that Scott was talking about, you can take authority over that thing. And we're going to do that. Because he said he, we can rebuke it, we can reject it, and we can do it out loud. We can put the enemy under our feet. And if it's in our mind and it comes out of our mouth, we don't have to take that we do not have to live a joyous life because we live in a planet that needs joy. I need joy. And Jesus died for that. So we can, uh, we can support each other through tough times, as happens here. I see the community, and it's so, it's just so good. Y'all are so good. Psalm 2 says he sits in the heavens and he laughs. He laughs at principalities and darkness. He laughs at the things that hold us back. And it's not flesh and blood. And I'm a fan of Graham Cook's too. And I think one of the things that I love most is that he gives such very strong visuals. So when he was talking to the Lord about what the battlefield is like down here, and he was going through it. And the Lord said, well, come on, let's go on a journey. And I'm thinking, I want to ride with Graham. <laughs> on a journey so they um they end up on this battlefield it's a it's like a mountain and they're looking out and here's all these you know wicked demons and all that icky stuff and he and he says you see them all out there and grabs like yeah darn tootin i see all that and he goes watch this and he calls graham gray watch this gray and so Jesus, who laughs from the heavens at his enemy, just starts roaring laughter. Well, I get the feeling that Jesus' laughter is pretty contagious, like holy laughter is, you know, amongst us. And so Graham starts laughing, and these things are just so ticked off, and they run. What a cool ministry. How about we ask God to give us the weaponry of joy? where we just look and go, there's more for us than there are against us. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. An enemy, you're going under my feet. I got authority. I can rebuke you. I can reject you. And I'm done with this. You are not robbing and stealing my joy anymore. I think of And John says, when we abide in his love and joy, my, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. That's a big promise. I like that one too. And then the other one that was such an example to me is when the Lord was downloading about Elijah and how, you know, it says his servant, Gehazi, or however you say that, probably him. But anyway, he's seeing you know, that there's the enemy out there waiting to take him away. They're going to probably kill him. 
but he's ticked off some kings and he's in bad trouble. And he says, you know, Master, what are we going to do? And he says, uh, open his eyes, Lord. I want my eyes open. I don't want my joy rubbed anymore. And so what happens? He opens his eyes and there's chariots and there's horses and there's a fire of chariots. And we've been talking about fire here. There's a fire around the prophet and his servant. Man, that's our inheritance. It's our inheritance. And I just thought, Lord, whatever's holding back joy, then it's under the blood. It's under the blood. We take authority over it. We put it under our feet. We rebuke and reject the enemy. And we say, more, Lord, more of your joy, more of your freedom. And we just say, we are warrior sheep. We were created for battle. And whatever you say we can do, we do it in the name and blood of Jesus. That's our legacy, and we take it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, Lord, we take all of these prophetics that have come out, Father, and we declare and we decree right now in your precious name and all authority given to us in your name as you bring heaven down to earth and we receive it through the praise and the worship that joy is in the core of this body of believers as you send us back out woo, with your joy bubbling up your name dripping off our lips and our eyes opened to your realm and your kingdom as we go about doing your bidding successfully in your name Jesus amen and amen woo well come on back up (laughs) ready to roll I'm ready that was good stuff ladies wow I'm just a little heavy right now could be just me it's not you don't don't worry about it not trying to Wait, wait, wait. Oh my gosh. Sorry, I am just like totally spaced out right now. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Wow, okay. So, yeah, during worship, I was um, just enjoying a lot of different things. But, you know, everything that we have up here, we kind of changed it up a little bit. This prophetic class we're doing on Friday nights, we've gone over the, you know, the effect of, what are you doing? Put that back up there. Getting ready to ring? Yeah, like, don't make that noise. Oh, you guys hear it? <laughs> I don't hear anything, but okay. if it does, we'll run towards everybody. Um, you know, the gift of prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and consolation. And in other words, it's to build up, it's to call near to God, and to cheer up or comfort. So thank you, ladies, for bringing that. That was just, that was edifying. You know, we, we pray and we trust that when we gather as a church, that the kiss of heaven will land on every one of us. You know, his love is so, so good, so sweet. Now you can get rid of that slide if you want. You know, I, was, I pulled up the words to that song because I wasn't going to ask Isabel to pull it back up. But there was a moment when the lights went out, 
when death had claimed its victory and the king of love had given up his life, the darkest day in history. You know, we all know from childhood, you know, God so loved the world. You know, Jesus is the king of love. He loves you so much, and he paid the highest price to win you, to bring you home as his very own. You're not a piece of trash. You're not a sinner that's just saved by grace, by the skin of your teeth, by golly. (laughs) He really does love you. He loves all of us. God so loved the world. In fact, Paul prayed that the, the church in Ephesus would, would just be able to grasp, just get a, a taste, a touch of, of revelation so that we would know the height and the depth and the length and the breadth of the love of God that is in Christ Jesus and that we would know that love and be rooted in it and grounded in it. You gotta know that you're loved. You have to know that you're loved. And if you, you just know it, you need to go beyond knowing it. You need to experience it. We need to experience his love. We need to have that encounter with him. We encourage encountering God in this place. In your quiet time or in this corporate time of worship, we encourage you to just step into the Holy Spirit's presence and let him encounter you. Let him wrap you up in his love. You know, when we were worshiping, I saw kind of like a picture of a white sheet, just like linen. And I felt like, okay, what is that? And I, I felt like he said, this is my righteousness. And it's, I'm unfurling it over you guys. I'm unfurling it over everybody here. And he's just inviting us to just to come and, and rest and be in that tent of his righteousness, the tent of his, his perfect holiness and his righteousness. He's the one that makes all wrong things right. He flips things upside down and makes them right side up. I don't know if that made sense, but you think you know what I mean. <laughs> Tamara, prophesy. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything right now. Well, speaking of turning things upside down, when Teresa was here a few weeks ago on Father's Day, she was talking about us believers being glory carriers, that we carry the glory of God, and, and we release the glory and the presence of God everywhere we go. And we can see situations that are wrong and that are upside down, and we can pray them right side up. And that reminded me, so last week, uh, about a week and a half ago, I'm just going to step out a little bit. I, I felt like I had a word for you, Marissa, and Josh. So he can go back and listen to it if you want to let him hear it. But I, I just felt like for you, he is going to grace you, and I believe he already is gracing you, to prophesy into broken and upside-down situations. And you will prophesy them right-side up. You're going to pray things right-side up. When God highlights a situation that's wrong, and, and your discernment sees it as this is broken, this is wrong, this is out of kingdom alignment, he's giving you authority to turn that thing back right-side up through a declaration and through your prayer and through your, your authority that you carry in Jesus. And for Josh, I just felt like, you know, we snooped on Facebook when we you know, heard about you guys. Who doesn't snoop on Facebook? Anybody? <laughs> Nobody? Yeah, see, we're all snoopers. 
We all snoop if it's open. I hate it when it's locked and you can't see anything. It's like, ah, darn it. Can't even see who their friends are. <clears throat> so we snooped and we, we looked at Josh's, uh, just skimmed through uh, and saw some videos. And I thought, oh, I want to hear what this guy sounds like. And I was like really touched. You know, my daughter said, oh, he kind of sounds like one, the guy that sings for Ren Collective. I was like, oh, yeah, I can kind of hear that. But I felt like uh, last week, not sure if, if he was going to show up or not. Um, I just was praying about for you guys, praying for you guys. And I just felt like he said, Josh is carrying, he's carrying inside of him songs of hope, songs of new beginnings, songs of restoration. And together, you and him, you and your husband, will give powerful songs of declar I can't say this word, declarative. You will give powerful songs of declarative authority, songs that will carry the heart of heaven over our region and over broken, hopeless hearts, extending to the broken and hopeless the strong arm of heaven to take hold of. God has songs that he's singing over our region. I believe it. I believe he's singing over us. We I think it was uh, you were just saying, Connie, that he's singing. Zephaniah 3 says he sings songs of deliverance over us. He is a joyful singing God. He delights over his children. He sings over our region. He has, <laughs> wow, I'm going to lose it for a second here. Why did that happen? Sorry, guys. <laughs> he is singing, here it goes again, songs of deliverance over our, over our city. shift gears because otherwise this is as far as we're going to go and there is some things I feel that are on the heart of God this morning that, that we should press into. So Isabel, let's go ahead and put the first scripture up. You know, Dave and Sharon, I always point to you guys for this because you love to call us kings and priests and all of us in this room I think are really starting to own that. And it's not just something for just us to own, but it's something that Jesus paid a price on the cross for us to own. He gave you a royal identity. He crowns you with a, a crown of sonship. You know, we get to cast our crowns before the King of Kings. We lay our, our crowns at the feet of Jesus. But there are crowns because he's put it on your head. He's crowned you with royal authority. And the Bible says in Romans 5, 17, death Death once held us in its grip. And by the blunder of one man, God bless him, our, our, our first father, Adam, death reigned as king over humanity. Well, I say that king has been dethroned, but that's me adding something here. So, but now, how much more? How much more? Adam brought sin into the world. He brought it into the race, the human race. He brought sin in. We were in Adam when he was in the garden sinning. We were in him. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life? Reigning as kings in life. 
Kings, unless you're an Ahab, kings reign. You're kings and queens, and he has called you royal sons and daughters so that you could reign in life. And it's when we recognize and walk in our identity as his sons. Just think about it for a second. God is our father. Now, my dad is sitting right here, but our, our father, our dad, is God himself. That is pretty intense to think about. And we have been rescued and redeemed from Adam's fall and brought into a new race, a royal priesthood, a new identity. How much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal, I love that word, regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness. There's that picture. He's, he's given you a gift of perfect righteousness. It's a breastplate. He says, put that on. Put on my righteousness. It's yours. Put my salvation over your head. It protects your mind. It'll protect your thoughts. Take up your trust in me, your faith as a, as a shield, and lift it up before those fiery darts of the enemy. This is, this is your guys' scripture I'm quoting right now. It's that whole armor. It is awesome. Man, maybe we need to go over it sometime, but we won't do it today. The gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. So let's go on to another verse. So he's called us a royal priesthood. He's called us to reign in life. Now here's the practical thing that we get to do. Romans 12, 11. This is probably, probably one of my life verses because it just resounds in me constantly when I remember the journey. You know, I, I had with this from last week, uh, Zephaniah, is it Zephaniah? Zechariah? Anyway, one of those Old Testament prophets that says, I remember, I remember the bad times. I remember the gall, but this, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love. Yeah, because of his great love, I am not destroyed. His mercies are new every morning. So I, I had that scripture you know, it's through, through the, the crud, through the, the bitterness and the gall, through the terrible times. We've all gone through situations that could create hopelessness. But Jesus comes as our king of hope, and he wants to, he wants to release his hope inside of us. The word says in Romans 12, 11, keep your enthusiastic, keep your enthusiastic, that doesn't say that. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. <laughs> boiling hot. I wish I had some sound effects. I'm going to have to give Isabel some bubble sound effects. <laughs> Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Never let anyone or anything rob your joy. Never let it, as Connie was saying, circumstances come, trials come, but we need to fight and stand in the joy that he has for us because he is our hope, he is our joy, and we need to keep our passion boiling hot. So yes, I, I am putting something on you. I am kind of giving you a charge because I, I give myself this charge to keep my passion boiling hot. I got to stoke the fire. I got I to gotta feed the fire. I got to put food inside of me. 
the bread of heaven. I need the word of God. I need teaching. I need all kinds of stuff. I need times of worship to break into. I need to keep the fire going. And if I lose my passion and I lose hope, guess who's following behind me? Boom, 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 five kids and anyone else that's in my sphere of influence. I owe it to Jesus because he paid the highest price for me and he didn't let his passion die down when he was going to the cross for me and you. In fact, he counted it as all joy. He endured the cross and he counted it as joy to go to the cross. And he says in that scripture in Hebrews chapter 12, I believe it's chapter 12, it's right after chapter 11, the the faith chapter, to consider him when you endure persecution or when you endure hardships. Consider him who did not lose hope, but he counted it as joy for you and me because he loved us so much. We are his prize. So, come on, Tammy, preach for a second. I actually have a word. Can I give it real quick? No. No. I, you're being highlighted to me today, and I feel like, I don't know if you're a man of many words, but I feel like when you speak, there's authority in your words, and I feel like God wants to remind you that you're a father, not just in the natural, but in the spiritual, that you're a father and he's given you authority. There's a message stirring inside of me, <laughs> not for today, but it's about, it's about fathers. It's about the men of God. It's about God's heart to see fathers rise up. Fathers. The church needs fathers. I'm so grateful for this, this group of moms that he's blessed us with. These women of God little ones and and older ones that are moms in the faith. But we need the fathers as well. But anyway, that's another message for another time. Okay, so Isabel, what's what's next? Is it a picture? No? It's a quote. Don't put it up yet. So life happens. Life happens. We have trials. A couple weeks ago, there was, uh, no, last Sunday, the, the worship service, the worship service, the worship set we were using, sorry, uh, Chris, Christine DeMarco was singing at the end of the song, I have a good, good story. I have a good, good story. And if it's not good, it's not finished yet. It's not the end. We have a good, good story. He is the author and perfecter of your faith. He's writing your life out as a story. And he has good things planned. We have a real enemy. It's not flesh and blood. When you're tempted to say, mm, that man or that woman, that, that group of people, they've done me wrong. You need to re- realize and recognize we have an enemy. And it's not flesh and blood, which makes it more difficult to deal with because you don't always see it coming. You don't always see that onslaught of demonic forces slithering up next to you. <laughs> Sorry, that was not a manifestation. <laughs> But that's, to me, that's what they sound like. You know, they're just like, oh, guess what they did? Guess what they think of you? Guess what, they, what they're saying? When you don't even know what they're saying. 
all he does is whisper a little bit and then we start creating a story. We, we make up a whole storyline of what they're thinking about us. They probably haven't thought about us in years. Maybe. No, I don't know. Probably not. Okay, so let's, uh, it's not the picture of Jack Black that's next? Okay. So we popped that up last week. You and I, we are called to reign in life through Christ Jesus. We have been fashioned to reign, called to reign because we are a royal priesthood. We are kings and priests. And this is the enemy's plan. I believe they have this picture in their little plan room, in their war room. How can we pin them down and neuter them? How can we pin them down and disqualify them? How can we convince them that they really aren't who he says they are? I know, my kids are laughing because I said neuter. So let's go on to the next quote. Here's my man, Francis Fran Japan. If you've never heard this quote, you can do what uh, Vonnie always does and turn around and take a picture of it, a screenshot if you want, or you can get it later. But every area of life that does not glisten with hope, say glisten with hope. Every area of my life and your life that does not have hope, that doesn't glisten with hope, guess what? It reveals that we're believing a lie in that area. You have permission to be hopeless about anything that he is hopeless about. So ask him, Father, are you hopeless about this situation? If he says yes, then okay, you have permission. But I can guarantee you he is the God of hope. And he is not hopeless. It's all about perspective. Down here, it may look pretty hopeless, pretty, pretty dim. From his perspective, there is hope. He's not finished writing the story. So when we recognize that there are areas that aren't really hopeful, it's an indicator. So check your hope levels. You know, if you're a good automobile owner, you would check your oil levels like my dad taught me. But then if you're a bad automobile owner, you just let it go for a year. And uh, you're like, oh, I should change my oil. We need to check our oil levels. We need to check our hope levels. Are we feeling hopeless about certain things? It's, it's indicating that we're believing a lie in that area. And that lie, that area of our life is a stronghold of the devil. The enemy wants to create belief systems inside of us that would cause us to want to partner with lies, and it's his way of undermining our authority because Jesus has called us to reign in life, and he says, all authority has been given to me, therefore go. So we get to go in his authority, and we get to take authority. He's given us his authority, but the enemy has no authority because Jesus has been given all authority. So if, if all authority has been stripped from the devil, then what does he do? He comes to steal it, and he comes to kill and destroy. If he can steal your authority by getting you to agree with his lies, to partner, and maybe even speak it out, maybe even declare it, then he is using you to build his kingdom. That's kind of a, a scary thing to think about. We're going to go over one more. So next slide, we're going to ram through some of this, and then we're going, to, we're going to end. I would say that there are four main areas of belief that the enemy wants to lie to us about. It's our beliefs about God. Is he really that good? Does he really love you? Did he really forgive you? 
isn't he really kind of angry with you right now because you, you know, messed up, because you failed? The accuser of the brethren would tell you all kinds of things about how God sees you. Beliefs about God, beliefs about yourself. That's why we feel that God has highlighted in this season that we are all in, in the church nationwide, probably worldwide, this is a season of knowing who you are as a son, as a daughter, that you have royal sonship. Beliefs about others. What are they saying about us? What are they believing about me? They probably hope we fail. All those lies of the enemy. And beliefs about our circumstances. Those are the areas of life that we can go back and we can check our hope levels in those areas. Just for fun, let's put the, the next picture up. You guys haven't seen this one in a while, and if you weren't here before, it's just another version of the, of the Lilliput thing and, the, and Gulliver um, being pinned down. You know, and I just feel like that's such a, it's a prophetic picture in a sense. Is that prophetic? It's word of knowledge maybe? It's, it's a way of seeing the reality that the enemy wants to pin us down. He wants to pin you down with lies and keep you ineffective. So ask yourself, what lies am I believing? You can ask the Holy Spirit. Just, you don't have to do it now, but if you want to, you know, Father, what lies am I believing? And what is the truth? If he gives you revelation that, yeah, you're believing a lie in this area, ask him, what is the truth? This is kind of basic sozo ministry, inner healing ministry. We want to see people get free in hearing the voice of God starts with forgiveness, then it, then it continues on with exchanging lies for truth. What is the lie, and what does God say? The Holy Spirit wants to lead us into all truth, into higher truth from the throne room perspective. Okay, so this is what we're going to do because we're done. I have a little treat for all of you Graham Cook lovers. If you don't know who Graham Cook is, no, it's not some fashion model or something. We call them lovers. Anyway, whatever. Graham Cook is a prophetic voice in the world. And I want to just give us an opportunity to soak for a minute in just a few minutes of, of him speaking something. I, I pulled a section of him ministering prophetically on a soaking album. And this is, this is recent. And I just feel like it would be beneficial for us to just listen and just receive. You guys cool with that? I, I promise you, I think you'll, you'll really enjoy it. So I'm going to hand this to Tammy, and I'm going to get it ready to go. This, this prophetic word, it's like a whole album of, of soaking, and he wrote this prophetic word for the church. He, he intended it to be something he wrote out as God gave him some insight and revelation, and he spoke at the beginning of this thing and, and said, just go back to this on occasion, and you'll probably want to pull things from this for different times, different seasons that you're in. And as he's prophesying, he's speaking from 
the heart of God. So I'm not saying embrace every word that someone is speaking out as God's word, very own word, but I feel that pretty much everything that I am going to play is, is grounded and rooted in scripture. So you hold on to what you want to hold on to and cast out what you don't want. You know, if you want to spit out the bones and take the meat, do that. But let's just go ahead and cl- you can close your eyes if you want, and I'm just going to play it. We always start everything with delight. So you need to know that right here, right now, regardless of how you feel or what's going on, we are delighted with you. I am delighted with you. Jesus is so delighted with you. And the Holy Spirit, well, permanently delighted about everything. I think you're going to like us. I think you're going to love us. I think you're going to passionately pursue us. And the reason we know that is because we're going to do it first. You will love us because we will have loved you. We intend to love you into loving us. So relax. No performance necessary. Just receive it. And allowing things to be established. You need to know we're never going to call you on your behavior. We're just going to call you up to your identity. Because that's how we think. It's how we do things. It's how we see things. So you're never going to hear a word of condemnation from us. But you're going to hear lots of promises. You're going to hear our desire. You're going to receive our passion. What you came in with, you're not leaving with. You're leaving with this. And you came into this event through a door of chaos, but you're not leaving by the same door. The door you depart this event through is a doorway into the kingdom. And in the kingdom, different rules apply. It's time, beloved, for the world to see the fullness of Jesus in my people. You are my visual aid to all of humanity to show forth the majesty of my kingdom. So you're all going to be giants. You're all going to be bigger than you imagined. And here's the thing. (laughs) You're not not too old and you're never too young. You're just the right age for majesty. And all your life situations are perfect for favor to come. 
perfect for majesty to overwhelm you. Please do not disown my glory that I want to give you. I don't give my glory to another, but you are not another. You're my child. You're my beloved. You're my household. You're my family. You're my people. You're my treasure. You're my bride. You are most definitely not another. I fully intend to make your life glorious. But you know, glory cannot be seen in a people who are the same as everybody else. So I fully intend to make you different. I got plans. I have designs on you. I'm so looking forward to beginning this whole new life. Why don't we stand up and pray? Let's just put our hands out before him. Just say, Father, are you really that good? Is, Is Graham off of his rocker? Or is it true? You have plans for each one of us, plans to display your glory, that we would be like Jesus in the earth, that we wouldn't blend in as ordinary people, but that we would stand out, that your favor, that your grace is actually visible over our lives, that the hope that we carry causes people around us who are hopeless to to ask and to question what's the reason for the hope that you have so father we just love you we we say thank you thank you for all of your promises and we set our hearts on the course on the journey that you're calling each one of us onto to truly walking in the spirit, walking and keeping in step with you, walking in who you say we are, walking in who you say you are, walking in what you say about our circumstances, and walking in what you say about other people. We thank you, God, that you give us and you promise us new life and new beginnings. And so we step into that today. We step into the newness of Jesus. With you, things are new every morning. Your mercies are new every morning. Your grace is fresh. Your kindness towards us, it's always fresh and new. Your smile is towards us. And we just turn our faces towards heaven and we just say, thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Abba, Daddy. Thank you that you so love us. Thank you that you have such good things in store for us. And even in the trials, 
even in the, the difficult times, you have an upgrade ready for us. You have something to give us as we go through every season because our lives are hidden in Jesus. Our lives are wrapped up and hidden in you, Jesus. And we have you living inside of us. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.